Welcome to Master Your Money, the podcast that teaches you how to take control of your hard-earned money all while living your best life. I am your host, Elizabeth Heiza, Chief Marketing Officer at the Barnum Financial Group. I once felt powerless when it came to managing my finances and my attitude follows suit until one day I changed my mindset, built up my knowledge, and put myself back into a financial position of power. And I started this podcast to provide you with the same education and advice that I received on my journey. Now, I want to help you master your money. Hello, everyone. On today's episode, we have Natalie DeMace. Natalie is a Medicare specialist with Barnum Benefit Advisors. Natalie has been working in this Medicare space since 2009. That is when she took her first application. So when I say we have an expert here, we have an expert. Natalie lives, eats, and breathes this Medicare work, and she has helped hundreds of people in the process. Not only does Natalie work with people one-on-one every year during open enrollment, but she puts out a ton of education throughout the year, free education in the form of videos and webinars. And Natalie even hosts kind of open, open office hours where people could pop in and just ask random questions as they have them. So she is a titan in this arena, and I could not be happier to have her on the show to teach everybody what she knows. So welcome, Natalie. Thanks, Elizabeth. What an (laughs) intro. Thank you. Oh, my pleasure. My pleasure. So why don't you tell us a little bit first how you got into this? How did you get into this space, this Medicare space? And that's actually interesting. It happened by accident. So I run the group benefits division at Barnum Benefits and people were retiring and they didn't know what to do. So they were coming to us and asking us for help. So I started doing research for them to help them and then recognize there's a big need for this. People need a lot of help. And I really studied all the plans, all the carriers, all the different state rules. And I do it. I do it every day. You do it every day. (laughs) That is for sure. I love when things like that happen. There's so much synchronicity there because you're so good at it. And it's something that I don't, you know, I've known you for a long, long time. And I don't know if you would ever thought that you'd be doing this one day, but it works for you. No, I enjoy, I enjoy people. Yes. And you are in your element. Natalie's in her element when she's talking about Medicare and helping people through this process. Let's start from the very beginning. You know, can you define Medicare and who who needs it? Who should be paying attention at this moment? Sure, sure. So Medicare is a federal program. It was designed in the late 1960s to help individuals pay for health insurance um, when they turn 65. Um, It's also available to people who are younger if they're on disability, social security disability, and people at any age if they have end-stage renal disease. So People who are turning 65, that's when I usually get my phone calls saying, oh, no, what do I do? Do Mm -hmm. I have to? Do I not have to? And the rules are different depending on are you working? Are you covered under your spouse's plan? Are you contributing to a health savings account? There's a lot of issues that go into it. Mm -hmm. What are some of the most misconceptions that you hear a lot about Medicare? When do people come to you with misinformation? There's a lot of misinformation and I'll ask people, sometimes someone will enroll in a plan and they'll come to me and they say, help, what happened? 
I said, well, how did you pick this plan? And it's usually, well, my sister told me that's her plan and it was the best plan. So it's interesting where people get their advice from. So my recommendation is talk to an expert, talk to someone who does this every day to really better understand it. Um, The biggest question though, again, when you're turning 65, if you're covered under an employer plan, a lot of people think they have to enroll in A and B, Medicare A and B. It matters. You know, if they're in a small employer, less than 20 employees, yes, they need to do it. If they are contributing to a health savings account, they have to stop if they enroll in A and B. So there's a lot of nuances with it that people don't understand. And you want to talk to someone who really understands it. Not only if they don't talk to somebody, how do they know? They might not. They might end up having to pay a penalty. It, it gets expensive. So yes. if they make a mistake with it. Yes. So you you want, and there's not a lot of Medicare specialists out there. There's a lot of people who think they're Medicare specialists. <laughs> From a true professional. <laughs> um, but you really want to talk to someone who represents multiple insurance companies, okay. who has done the research, who, not to say someone new isn't good, but you just want to make sure they understand your needs. Mm-hmm. That's the first thing I do is first time I talk to someone, I ask them a bunch of questions. You know, what are your prescriptions? Who are your doctors? What's important to you? And from there, I dissect it and say, okay, here's some options. And we can talk through the options. We'll talk about the good, the bad, and the ugly. And I help them make a decision. It's mm-hmm. not my decision. Mm-hmm. It's their decision. But I help them make that decision so they understand it and they're comfortable with that decision. Mm-hmm. Um, what was I just going to say? Um, what makes a Medicare specialist? Is, is there a, is, is there a designation? Is there an exam? Is there some sort of, um, qualification or credential? Yeah, there is actually. So you have to be health insurance licensed. Mm -hmm. Then you need to be certified by the government through a program called AHIP. And then each insurance company has their own certification. Got it. So from now until September, I am busy with all the different insurance companies I work with taking all of those certifications and you have to do it every year to make sure you stay up on what all the changes are, what's being added, what's being taken away and take all of that into account. Got it. And you have all of those. All of those. All of those. <laughs> and then and then some. So when listeners, when folks out there, when you are interviewing specialists or going to look for someone, you want to look for those certifications. You want to ask those questions, right? Right. right. Natalie. I know some of your work is reactive because you always tell me um, sometimes you work in a firestorm where Mm -hmm. you are helping people um, kind of back out of something they've already done. In a perfect world, when would you start to have these initial conversations with somebody? When's the best time for a consumer to say, oh, I really need to start gathering information here? Ideally, someone should be talking to me three months before their 65th birthday. And it might be a five minute conversation just saying you're in good shape. Stay where you are. Don't do anything. Or it might be, hey, you might want to double check with your employer. Do you need to have A and B? I think you do. And make sure you're enrolling so that there's no penalty. There might be a second time where we have to have our first conversation all over again. Mm -hmm. And that would be three months before they're retired, three months before they're losing their coverage from their employer. What would be the difference between person A and person B, right? You have this conversation three months prior to their 65th birthday, someone who's in good shape versus someone who is at the point um, where they need to pick A or B. Picking the A and B is not difficult. So I recommend three months. Mm -hmm. I've done it. 
the month of their birthday. I've done it a month after their birthday. So as long as it's in that ballpark where there's not any penalty, they Mm -hmm. have this, what they call an initial election period. So as long as it's within there, again, it's really important with employer plans to make sure if the employer is requiring you to have A and B that you do it. Otherwise, when you go to, God forbid, a hospitalization, they're expecting Medicare is going to pick up a lot of it Mm. and Medicare won't. And they're going to say, sorry, we're not going to cover it. Nobody wants to be in that position. No, no. It's a very expensive mistake. Natalie, what are the differences between A and B? I mean, I'm sure there's a ton of nuances, but just high level. Are you able to share? Yeah, sure. Um, Medicare Part A is for institutional care, hospital, hospice, skilled nursing facility. Medicare B is really everything outside of an institution, emergency room, um, doctor's um, appointments, labs, um, MRIs, outpatient surgery. All of that is considered under Part B. So it's not one or the other. No, you need to have both of those. And then your choices after that. Do you enroll in a Medicare Advantage plan, a Part C plan? They're very popular, seeing lots of commercials. And (laughs) anyone turning 65, their mailbox is full of information about different Medicare Advantage plans. So your choice is enrolling one of those plans or enrolling in a Medicare supplement with a prescription drug plan. So if someone's turning 65 now and they talk to their parents, their parents are probably on a supplement plan Mm because those Advantage plans only came out in 2006. Mm -hmm. So they've been around for almost 20 years. Um, But the you find older folks are only on supplements. And you mentioned in the beginning, this was a federal program. Right. The A and B was a federal program. But you have to remember, it started in the late 1960s. So in the late 1960s, I'm 65 years old and I decide to retire. I'm going to have health insurance. I'm going to have A and B for health insurance, but I'm not living very long. Maybe Mm -hmm. I live to 66. Mm -hmm. So now we are living longer. Thank God for technology and the healthcare system. Um, We are living longer. We're living healthier. We're taking better care of ourselves. So we're living a lot longer. That's what's putting a lot of the strain on the Medicare system. And a lot of people think Medicare is free. It is not free. Mm -hmm. So Medicare, A, there's no cost for it if you've worked and paid into the Medicare system. Mm -hmm. B, there's a cost for it, but that cost is dependent on my tax return, whether Mm -hmm. I file it single, whether I file it jointly. And they look at my tax return from two years earlier to dictate what my premium is. So if I don't have a large income, my premium could be the standard premium. If it was a good year and I made a lot of money that year, it could be a very expensive premium. So it'll go from $165 a month to about $600 a month, your Part B premium, depending on your tax return. Oh, man. (laughs) And that's not including if you wanted to get a a supplement or if you wanted to take advantage of one of the Advantage plans or a supplement of any kind. Yeah, correct. Correct. So a lot of people say, well, I was working and now I'm not working. You know, does that make a difference? The answer is yes. Yeah. So there's a form they can fill out um, and they submit it over to Social Security. It's an income related monthly adjustment event form saying I was working, making money. Now I'm not working. My projected modified adjusted gross income is going to be this. Can you please reduce my Part B premium? So I have a lot of people who filled out that form and are actually paying a reduced premium. Yeah. Natalie, you meet with, I mean, open enrollment is when for Medicare? October 15th through December 7th. I know during those months as your colleague, your peer and your friend to stay away from Natalie because you, (laughs) you are swamped during those months meeting with people endlessly. What is on everybody's mind? Like what are the common questions that you get from the hundreds of people you meet with? 
throughout the year, but also especially during that period. Yeah. So that enrollment period is really to see what's changing on their plan for the following year. Mm -hmm. So I have people that I've enrolled in a Part D drug plan. And when I enrolled them, it was $14 a month. And last year I had that same plan was $66 a month. So $14 a month, if you're not taking any prescriptions is a bargain. Sure. But if you're still not taking any prescriptions, now it's moving to 66. You really need to make some changes. So sure. you want to work with someone who understands that and says, hey, you might want to consider changing your plan. So one thing you do with the consumers that you work with, the clients you work with is every year you need to review your coverage. You review your needs and you review your coverage. So it's not a set it and forget it type of policy. I wish it was. I'd, it'd be a lot easier. It'd be a lot slower for me during open enrollment. Mm -hmm. But I'm talking to people, you know, I'm talking to everybody um, during that period of time, a lot of it through email, a lot of it through phone calls, a lot of it through appointments. But the number one thing is taking a look at your prescriptions. Okay. So each plan has its own drug formulary. Okay. So I had a situation, you know, a lot of people are on Eliquis. People know that drug. It's a blood thinner. And um, one of the insurance carriers switched it from a tier three prescription, which is a preferred brand drug, to a non-preferred brand drug. So if you stayed with that plan, your costs went up a lot. So it's really important to take a look at it at that type of a level. How does one know this again? Like, how do you know this? <laughs> I this know it because I study it. I, I really do. And I pay attention. I care. You know, yeah. sometimes I feel like I care more than my own clients yeah. care because I know the difference it can make from one plan to another plan. So I try to educate, help yeah. them make informed decisions, and then I help enroll them. Yeah. And by me helping them enroll them, then they're on my radar. Yes. So every year they're going to get an email from me saying it's that time of year we should do an evaluation. Take a look at the change letter. See if you're comfortable with the changes or if we should set up an appointment and time mm -hmm. to talk. Mm -hmm. um, so it, it is a busy time of the year. <laughs> it sure is. What else is on people's minds as you're enrolling them or as they're thinking about Medicare? What are some of those common questions you answer or common pains that people have? Yeah, a, a big thing I don't think people do a good job educating the consumers on. Mm -hmm. So again, the Part C plan, everyone is advertising those. Everyone is talking about those. They're good plans. But depending on what state you live in, if I enroll in a Part C plan and then 10 years later, I say, you know, I'm a little older. Maybe I should enroll in a supplement to have a little bit more coverage. Or maybe I'm diagnosed with something and I want to change my plan. Depending on what state you live in, they have to answer medical questions. And based on how they answer those medical questions, then they can decide, the insurance company can decide, hey, we're just going to charge you a higher premium or sorry, Natalie, we're not going to take you. Oh my gosh. So people don't know what those rules are. So it's important to know what the rules are in your state or the state you're planning on living in, mm -hmm. in the future, mm -hmm. to know what your options are ahead of time. Is there a website that people can go to? Not with that information. No way. <laughs> So how do people know? How, how would you find that out? If someone's listening they're like, oh, okay, they're out in Idaho and they want to look at the rules in their state. How would somebody go about doing that? Um, you can call your state insurance department. You okay. can call a broker that okay. is licensed to sell in their state and okay. ask them, say, is there medical underwriting if I were to apply for a supplement later on? Okay. Could they call you? They can call me. Okay. <laughs> I have those answers. Good. Good. Call Natalie, everybody. <laughs> Are people prepared for this? Are they prepared financially for Medicare or is that kind of an un? 
fortunate part of the work that you have to do that you're now fitting this into an existing plan or no financial plan to somebody who's already strapped because to your point, they could be retiring or they could have lost their job, unfortunately. Does that ever come into play? Every day. A lot of people really think it's free. Yeah. They really think it's free. And it's not Free. It could be free for someone, right? Mm-hmm. So there's programs in every state. I would imagine. Well, there's Medicaid type of programs called mm-hmm. a Medicare Savings Program. Every state has their own rules on how to apply and who qualifies. So there are programs that can help. It's really hard to qualify. What would make someone qualify? Their income and their assets. So you're more or less on Medicaid. Okay. So, you know, most people work their entire lives not to be on Medicaid. Sure. So they don't want to be on Medicaid when they're in their 60s and 70s. Sure. So that's important. But it is important to understand them. And um, believe it or not, the most expensive part of Medicare for individuals are the prescription drugs. So I know um, the current administration is looking to put in some caps what someone's out-of-pocket cost might be for prescriptions. Mm. But what I'm afraid of, just seeing a little bit into the future... I'm afraid in order for the insurance companies to do that, they're going to have to charge a lot more for the premium. Yeah, it's going to come out of somewhere. So it has, someone has to pay for it. Sure. So how does it all come together? So it'll be interesting to see how it changes over the next few years, but they need to be cognizant of it and aware of it to make really good decisions. Sure. Um, is there ever a threat to the federal funding of the program that it will go away? Because even though people pay for it, it is supplemented. Or no, right? Yeah, Yeah. it is supplemented. So um, with Medicare, that's why it used to be only one premium. And then a few years ago, they started, okay, based on your income, you're going to pay a higher premium. So I think we're going to continue to see that, that based on um, higher income earners are going to pay more to subsidize the program for everybody. Yeah. Do you think that the cost will continue to rise like everything else? So somebody like you and I, who are, you know, a few years away from that stage of our life, it's going to be a pretty big piece of our financial plan, I would imagine. It would definitely need to be included because uh, it's more expensive than people recognize. Yeah. It's definitely more expensive than people recognize. And it goes up every... Actually, last year it went down a couple of dollars. No way. But there's a story behind that I'm not going to get into today. But typically, it's you're possible. Gonna, <laughs> but typically you're going to see it go up every year. Not holding you to anything. But if people are doing a budget or a plan... What would a couple or a singular person, what should they budget for their Medicare coverage? It depends on what their of current course. income is, right? Mm-hmm. So if you look at the standard Part B premium is $165. Mm-hmm. So um, if they're making more money, it'll be a lot higher. Okay. A supplement plan um, in a lot of the states will be you know, about $175 a month. Sure. A drug plan, another $15 a month. To add all of that up, it adds up pretty quickly. Sure. Sure. So it can end up costing, you know, thousands in a given year, mm-hmm. right? Could cost, sure. Definitely a couple thousand dollars a year. Yeah. So people who are, it's if you do have a plan in place and you are prepping for retirement, this needs to be part of that conversation. It definitely does. And then, you know, looking at the cost. So some people say, well, I like the idea of the zero premium. The Part C plans, many of them are zero premium. So meaning after you pay your Part B, there's no additional premium. But what happens is, Explain it to people, it's pay me now or pay me later. Yeah. They're not paying me. Yeah, yeah, but yeah. Pay me now, pay me later. So with a Part C plan, you're not paying any additional premium, but your out-of-pocket cost can be as high as $7,000. For a supplement, you're paying monthly, but then your out-of-pocket's a lot smaller. Yeah, either one. 
Either one. And it goes into that. You mentioned your first conversation is understanding needs. Right. So was cash flow an issue for you now? Mm-hmm. I'm sure that's all going to play a part. Right. And every one person is individualized. So I have husbands and wives or couples that come to me and say, I want to be on the same plan. It doesn't always make sense to be on the same plan. But it is an option to do shared coverage. Not shared coverage, but a lot of people say, well, if she's on plan G and I also want to be on plan G. Got it. Got it. You know, or she's on an advantage plan. You know, I want to be on an advantage plan. It's better to understand the ramifications based on your health today when yes. you're enrolling, based on what the future is looking like for you, based on your prescriptions, yes. all of that comes into play. So you have to look at everybody as an individual. We're not looking at a household here, kind it, of like a like a benef- like a medical benefits plan. Yeah, it's not one size fits all. It's okay. really individualized. I think that's why I'm so busy is because it's so individualized yes. when I'm talking to people. Yes. So you have to spend you know, 30, 40 minutes with one partner and then another 30, 40 minutes with another partner. Correct. Yeah. Going mm-hmm. through everything. Talk about, you know, we see the Joe Namath commercials all the time. What, you know, it does, Medicare does get a ton of media coverage to your point. There, there are so many commercials out there on it. Is that where people get their primary information? Is that where people are, are it, educated? It might be. I mean, my mom's in her eighties. She knows I'm in the business. And she says, did you call and ask if my zip code works? <laughs> so my own mother is questioning things. They're telemarketers, right? So if you call that phone number, you're going to be put into a system with salespeople. Um, and I'm a salesperson. I'm insurance mm-hmm. licensed. I make a commission. Mm-hmm. Is I don't do this for free. Mm-hmm. I make a commission. But their job is to enroll you in one of their plans, one of their Medicare Advantage plans. Mm-hmm. Is it the right plan? I hope so, mm-hmm. but I, I'm not sure because that's really what they're trying to get at Medicare Advantage plan. They keep talking about the free this and you don't have to pay this. Again, it depends on your income. You know, so the plans they're talking about are the same plans I offer or someone locally in your community um, who sells Medicare plans, a Medicare broker mm-hmm. would be able to offer also. Mm-hmm. So it's important to understand that, that um, it's just calling an 800 number versus talking to someone locally or an individual person that you know their name, you have their email and you can contact them. Sure. This is not something that you could do digitally on your own. People try and I I had had people try to do that successfully. So the government does have an amazing website. It's called Mm medicare.gov. You can go in there, put your prescriptions in, put in your preferred pharmacy and it'll give you an idea of your costs. What it doesn't do is tell you all the nuances. Yeah. So that's where you need, again, a little more expertise with it. Yeah. But it's definitely a starting place. So they, I mean, they, we're not recommending it, but people can go on Medicare.gov and enroll themselves. They could. They can go on there, look at their prescription costs and enroll themselves. Yeah. We were talking in another episode about how our business, financial services insurance, is such a service focused business, that that is the differentiator, having conversations with people at very vulnerable times in their life, whether it's you were just in a car accident and you have to, you know, you have to exercise some of your, your property and casualty coverage, or you're buying life insurance and you're a little weary about that process. But the same thing here, having those initial conversations with you and being vulnerable about what your prescription needs are, what your cash flow is, what the future holds for yourself. Those are, those are tough. Yeah. They're important, you know, decisions. You know, I have people who travel out of the country. They'll go and visit family in India for three or four months out of the year. Um, What plan is going to be 
best for them while they're out of the country as well as inside the United States. There are people who say, you know, I have children in three different states. I'm traveling um, all over. The one I had this week is they're in a mobile home. They sold their primary residence. Oh, they man. have a mobile home. They just haven't decided what's going to be their primary residence yet. And the conversation was, you know, the tax benefits of yeah. living in one state versus another, and then the cost of their Medicare plans and their options in one state versus another. Wow. So it, this is pretty, that was the first time I've had that conversation. Wow. So that's been a lot of fun talking yeah. to her. Yeah, that is fun. And then to have that options to say, no, we're changing our life and, and doing things this way now. Mm-hmm. Oh, that's amazing. Do people come to you with plain old false information where you have to say to them, no, that's, that's not true. Like you, you misheard. Unfortunately, yes. <laughs> They'll come to me and they say, well, my sister told me, Yeah, my bro- I read this and I said, okay, but let me show you where you can get this information and I'll show you the real yeah. information. What is the number one misconception out there? Is it the age of enrollment? Is it that you have to do something? It's usually that you have to do something. And it's funny, everyone tells me, you know, well, my sister told me this plan's the best. Yeah. It's just, you know, people are comfortable with they're enrolled in and it might be the best for them, but it might not be the best for you. So it's important to know what the nuances are. Yeah. Yeah. What is it that you wish everybody knew? If you, you know, thinking about the message that you could share today with all the great work that you've been doing since 2009, what is it that you wish you could kind of scream from the rooftop to all the folks out there who are thinking about this or getting ready to plan for it or just re-enrollment is, is always on their mind. Yeah. You know, I love the education piece of my job mm-hmm. is I love educating people, asking them the right questions to help them make the informed decision. And the reason I do that is I know that when I enroll them, they know what they're enrolling in and they're going to be comfortable. Mm-hmm. You know, because I talk to my clients every year, I can't sell them something or enroll them in a plan that I don't feel comfortable with because next year, how do I talk to them and say, well, I made a mistake. I don't want to make a mistake. Right. So as long as they're sharing their prescriptions, their doctors, we can make really good decisions. Yeah. Health coverage is not mandatory or is it? So Medicare, if you do not enroll in Medicare when you're supposed to, and there's rules on when you're supposed to, um, there's a financial penalty and there's a time period penalty Mm -hmm. that you'd be responsible for. Everyone should have, you know, for under age 65 health insurance, it's no longer a requirement. Mm-hmm. You're not going to get fined on your tax returns. Mm-hmm. Um, but on Medicare, you could try to get away without having it. But again, um, if you need to be hospitalized, mm-hmm. if you need chemotherapy, not recommended. then you're self-funding all of that. And depending on when you find out you need it, when you go to enroll in a plan, it's you have to wait. Mm-hmm. You have to wait. You're going to have a penalty. Mm-hmm. And depending on the plan you want to enroll in, they could say, sorry, we're not going to take you. You're already diagnosed with something. Yeah. yeah. And open enrollment starts in October. Mm-hmm. Comparing it to health insurance or to enrolling in medical benefits, you can't enroll outside of that period unless there's some sort of qualifying event. Correct. Do the same, do this, the same rules apply in the Medicare space? It does. So yeah, there's certain enrollment periods and then you can do certain things outside of that enrollment period. If I move from Connecticut to South Carolina, Mm -hmm. I can change my plan. So there's Mm -hmm. different rules of when you might be able to change your plan. What are some of those? Uh, Moving out of state, changing of your income. So if you now become a low income Mm -hmm. person, and you're enrolled in a Medicare savings program, you can change your plan at that time. Mm -hmm. Um, Some of the states have um, their plans 
Um, there's an overall rating that the government gives these Medicare plans. They're called star ratings. If there's a five-star plan in your community, you can enroll in that plan whenever you want. Hmm. So that there's not very many of them. Mm-hmm. We're hoping to have more of those, mm-hmm. but that's an option. And that's what all the insurance carriers are striving for is really to make sure they're doing a good job because they want to be a, they want to have a five-star plan. Mm-hmm. Out of all the insurance carriers out there, and we know there's so many of them because we work with a lot of them, how many offer Medicare? Oh, gosh. Um, I was looking at for one, again, depending on what your area is, where you are, but there's anywhere from 30 to 60 Medicare Advantage plans. Some of those plans, it might be one insurance company with three different plans, but that's a lot. Yeah, that is a lot. That's a lot. lot And you were talking about the group, like when I work for an employer and you have to pick a plan. You usually have three options. Mm-hmm. Here, there's a lot of options. There's a lot of options. And similar to life insurance, I would imagine to pick the best option, you need someone who knows what underwriting looks like because there is underwriting when it comes to Medicare. Not when you initially en- enroll, that's your golden ticket. Okay. So when I'm turning 65 or I first enroll in Part B, that's my golden ticket. I can enroll in any plan mm. and no one's going to ask me any questions. But six months later, six years later, okay. I then have to answer medical questions. So okay. a lot of my time is telling people, here's the medical questions they're going to ask. If you're comfortable with this, you know, you can, um, you know, take your chances and enroll in an advantage plan and then later move over to a supplement plan. Sure. And do carriers differ by any illness or, or, or you know, based on your medical records, if you have a history of cancer or if you're, you do have cancer, you know, it's best to go with this plan and this carrier and so on and so forth. Yeah, there are um, each company has its own questions. Mm -hmm. So there's times where an individual has a diagnosis and I go through every single application and say, sorry, none of them are going to take you or this looks like it's your best option. Let's Mm -hmm. let's try to apply for this one. Mm -hmm. That's great. What else, Natalie? What else do we need to know about this space? I guess it's not too late. So if you took advice from your sister and I love my sister, right? Um, but I use that because, um, but everyone says the same thing as I got, you know, my sister told me, well, if you did that and you feel like you made a mistake or you need a, um, a second opinion, mm-hmm. talk to someone, talk to me, talk to someone like me, who's licensed to be able to give you proper advice Again, we're not allowed to say who has the best plan. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, to me, the best plan is the one that works for you, right? Works, so always. there's no best plan, but you want to have a plan that based on your situation works for you. Your prescriptions are covered, your doctors are covered, and you understand how the plan works. Beautiful. Everybody listening out there, you have to call Natalie. Oh, Natalie, <laughs> Natalie, I'm sorry. I have to say it. She's the best at what she does. You can hear it in her voice. You can hear it in all of her knowledge. There's no one size fits all. She said it a million times. So you're going to have to have a conversation and whether, you know, do you often get children calling about their parents? I do. Yeah, I do. Yep. So whether it's somebody who knows their parents are going to fall into this category and they want to just learn up before this happens, mm-hmm. Natalie, how do people get in touch with you or your colleagues? On your team. So you want to give us a call. We have a number that rings on a few desks. So we have people to answer the phone. It's 203-513-6263. So by calling us on that number, someone should be able, if we're not there, leave a message, but we'll be able to um, answer your questions or direct you or set up an appointment 
with someone who might be licensed in their state to help them. Elizabeth, also, we do monthly webinars. It's the second Tuesday of every month Mm -hmm. where we do educational sessions on Medicare. We'll go through and educate. And then at the end, if they have questions, they can ask their question. If it gets too individualized, we'll set up a separate time to talk about it. But if someone's enrolled in a plan and just want to double check, Mm -hmm. they could listen in. Or if Mm -hmm. someone's new, turning 65, they want to learn about it or 70 and retiring. Mm -hmm. um, It's a great opportunity for them to learn. Oh, beautiful. We'll put that link in the show notes as well, everyone. Well, Natalie, it was such a pleasure having you. Thank you for all the wonderful work that you do and all the information that you gave. Thanks, Elizabeth. Thank you for listening to Master Your Money. Please rate, review, and subscribe on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you listen to your podcast. Every little bit helps. You can also follow us on our Instagram at Barnum Financial Group. If you're interested in connecting or working with a financial advisor at the Barnum Financial Group, the links are in the show notes of this episode. All opinions expressed by the program participants are solely their current opinions and do not reflect the opinions their respective parent companies or affiliates or the companies with which the program participants are affiliated. Investments or strategies mentioned in this program may not be suitable for you, and you should make your own independent decision regarding them. This material does not take into account your particular investment objectives, financial situation, or needs, and is not intended as recommendations appropriate for you you should strongly consider seeking advice from your own investment advisor. Securities and investment advisory services offered through qualified registered representatives of MML Investor Services, LLC. Member SIPC, 6 Corporate Drive, Shelton, Connecticut, 06484, telephone number 203-513-6000.